Welcome and thanks for tuning in to our podcast. My name is Donovan, my wife Jessica and I are the lead pastors here at Destiny Church Praha. We know that today's message will bless and encourage you because the Bible tells us that the Word of God is alive and active. If you want to connect in with us, be sure to subscribe to this podcast, follow us on social media or visit our website at destinypraha.com. Let's get into the Word. So this morning I'm going to be preaching on uncomfortable with uncertainty and somebody commented on Instagram and said wow that's my middle name (laughs) and I absolutely love that I think it's probably goes for the same for all of us I mean uncertainty is not something we really strive towards it's not something we love it's not something that gives us butterflies in our stomach we're not really pumped when we're faced with situations that we don't understand and I think maybe it it reveals a bit of our human condition right we we like to be in control we like to know what's next we like to have our hands involved and we're really uncomfortable with the uncertainty or the trusting of our futures of our families of our careers or these seemingly unspiritual things we're not comfortable with leaving these things in the Lord's hands and trusting that he knows what he's doing and I think it's very natural Um, I think we're all doing it (laughs) whether subconscious or consciously I think it is a constant battle to be comfortable and to trust the Lord with everything that we're facing so before I get straight into my sermon I'd really like to pray for us this morning So Father, we just want to come before you today. We want to say, Lord, have your way in this message this morning. Holy Spirit, I pray that you give me the words, that you give me the discernment to know and to say what I need to say. I pray, Lord, that this word goes forth and that it is that it finds its place in good soil, that there may be a great harvest from this word. I pray that that during this time that we would be free from all distractions, free from all concerns, free from all worry even, in Jesus' name. Amen. Great. So I'm going to be preaching this morning from Matthew 6, verse 25 to 34. So I'm going to be reading from the Passion Translation. You can read from whatever translation you prefer. If you have the Bible app on your phone, you know that you have access to most translations anyway. So I'll be reading from the Passion Translation. Don't worry. This is why I tell you to never be worried about your life. For all that you need will be provided, such as food, clothing, water, everything your body needs. Isn't there more to your life than a meal? Isn't your body more than clothing? Consider the birds. Do you think they worry about their existence? They don't plant or reap or store up food, yet your Heavenly Father provides them each with food. Aren't you much more valuable to your Father than they? So which one of you by worrying could add anything to your life? And why would you worry about your clothing? Look at all the beautiful flowers of the field. They don't work or toil and yet not even Solomon in all his splendor was robed in beauty like one of these. So if God has clothed the meadow with hay which is here for such a short time and then dried up and burned, won't he provide for you the clothes you need? You have little faith. So then forsake your worries. Why would you say, what will we eat or what will we drink or what will we wear? For that is what the unbelievers chase after. Doesn't your heavenly father already know the things your body requires? So above all, constantly seek 
God's kingdom and His righteousness. Then all these less important things will be given to you abundantly. Refuse to worry about tomorrow, but deal with each challenge that comes your way one day at a time. Tomorrow will take care of itself. Now, in preparing for this message this week, I actually stumbled across one of my favorite memes of all time, and I tried to find it to share with you, but you're just going to have to trust my word for it. It says, that moment when you're worried and somebody says, don't worry, and all of a sudden, you're not worried. Isn't that the truth? Is it not the most, what's the word? annoying thing in the world when you're facing a stressful time or a really complex decision or you're facing uncertainty or you're worried about somebody, somebody something and somebody comes up to you and says don't worry about it or don't stress and I think everything inside of you probably wants to explode and say you don't even know what I'm going through right I think we can all relate if you can relate just raise your hand or send uh, an emoji on the chat just raise your hand silently saying yep Jessica I can relate to that but I also want to say are you even saved or are you even a believer if you have not received this passage of scripture in a chain text message or an email or a sermon or you've seen it on a poster or on a bookmark? I mean, this is really the go-to scripture when a believer is facing anything. But this morning, I don't want to take the scripture and say, friends, Jesus says, don't worry. So best we not worry. No, I'm not trying to recreate a biblical meme here. What I want to show you is that Jesus steps in through the scripture and he provides us with a new perspective. Rather than us just believing and, and trusting that Jesus says we shouldn't worry, even though we do, we do believe, we do trust. Jesus provides us with an alternate way of thinking. And that's what I love about the Word of God. It's not just a book where we need to just close our eyes and trust that everything is true. The Bible is so practical. Jesus gives us examples. He compares the lilies of the field and, and He just speaks to us so gently in the Scripture and He explains to us about how a new perspective, how we, if we change our thinking, if we refocus where we're fixing our eyes, we can move forward and become more comfortable with uncertainty. We can find ourselves being set free from worry, from stress, from anxiety, if we fix our eyes on Him. So first of all, I think we know that worrying and stress is often a battle of the mind. You know, as I said earlier, it's it's easy to say don't worry and then we try and just without it settling in our heart we try and just think okay don't worry don't worry don't worry don't worry but we're human friends and I think it's really difficult for us to just you know when we're facing complex decisions to just say okay well I'm not going to worry but we're reminded that in Romans 12 the word tells us that our minds need to be constantly renewed Throughout the word, it says that we need to have the mind of Christ. 
So whether you are consciously or subconsciously stressing about things, whether you're losing sleep, whether you are struggling to focus at work or struggling to focus on your studies because you're worried about something or you're stressed about something, I want to tell you that that is not the life that Jesus has for you. And I want to tell you and speak to you and say that you can be set free from that conscious or subconscious worry that is just consuming all of you by renewing your mind so that we can have the mind of Christ. So how do we do that? Well, it says here in 2 Corinthians 10 verse 5, we are destroying speculations and every lofty thing raised up against the knowledge of God. And we are taking every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. Now, I love the tenacity in that scripture. It's not saying do your best, try your hardest to not let your mind wander or not let your mind drift. It is really passionate. It's saying we're destroying anything that is not what Jesus says, anything that is not what the word says about my situation, we are destroying it. We're taking it captive. We're becoming ruthless in the pursuit of peace and rest. I actually love in the Passion Translation, it says we are destroying every deceptive fantasy. How many of you are lying awake at night fantasizing over how different situations are going to play out? Or maybe you're distracted during the day because you're wondering, if I say this, I wonder how this situation is going to go. If I say that, I wonder how it's going to go then. In our minds, this, this powerhouse, this beautiful creation of God, we've taken it and we've taken the power that it holds and we're focusing on things that are not in the mind of Christ. To have our minds renewed, to have our minds like Christ, we need to take every single thought, every single fantasy, everything, every single opinion, every single outworking of a decision that we make, we need to take it to the Word of God, to Jesus. And we need to say, Lord, if this is not what you think about a situation, I am casting it to the wayside. Because what I need right now is your thoughts. I need your mind, Jesus. Jesus would listen to what we're saying and he would say, it's so insignificant in the bigger picture. And friends, that's not to say that, that he is detached from what we're facing. It's not to say that he separates us or separates himself from what we're facing. But Jesus comes alongside us. And I see him just so gently speaking here in Matthew 6, coming alongside us and saying, my child, there's just so much more than the weight of what you're feeling right now. If you look with my kingdom Mindset. If you look with the mind of Christ, you will see that the things that are consuming you, these worldly things, are far less important than the things of the kingdom. We are told throughout the scripture that we need to be seeking the will and we need to value the will of the Father above our own. And I think anxiety and worry can often reveal the condition of our hearts. Do you value kingdom achievements over worldly achievements? And I think, as I said earlier, a good, a good indicator of this would be, are you lying awake at night 
worrying about how different worldly situations are going to play out. Maybe your salary discussions or your broken family discussions or maybe your relationship discussions. Are you lying awake at night with deceptive fantasies and wondering how those sorts of situations are going to play out? Or are you lying awake at night with the mind of Christ thinking, God, am I doing all that I can do for you? Lord, is there, is there somewhere where you need me to be serving? Lord, how can I serve your kingdom more here on earth? And please, friends, this is not a heavy message. This is not to, to point fingers because I think that this is really just taking the word and allowing it to be an indicator of the condition of our hearts. Because I think it's so easy to lose focus on kingdom value and kingdom perspectives and the will of the Father and to focus on the little things that are to our right or to our left. Jesus calls us out. He doesn't deny. He knows that this is what we focus on. In verse 30, he says, you of little faith. He knows. It says, I said earlier, he's not detached. It's not like he's surprised by the fact that we're lying awake at night, concerned or worried about our things. He identifies the need for us to shift our mindsets. He doesn't say, well, now you're doomed. There's no hope for you. He's saying, if you could just make a small adjustment in where your focus is, there is hope for you. Jesus is calling us to fix our eyes on the ways, the values and the identity of the kingdom and on his righteousness. That's what verse 33 says. It says here, so above all, constantly seek God's kingdom and his righteousness. His righteousness, his ability to provide, to lead us, to teach us, not ours. His righteousness, God's righteousness. What is God's righteousness? 2 Corinthians 5 verse 21. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Who did God make to have no sin? Jesus. So his righteousness, when, God, when Jesus is speaking in the scripture, God's righteousness is Jesus. Before we allow our hearts and minds to be troubled, Jesus is saying, I need you to lock eyes with me. I need you to quiet the world around you. I need you to, to tear down any of these, of these speculations, these lofty things, these deceptive fantasies. I want you to tear them down. I want you to take them captive. I need you to quiet the world around you and I need you to focus on me. We need to acknowledge that the only reason, friends, that we have the life that we have is because of Jesus. And we need to also acknowledge that there is nothing that we can do in our own strength to save us or to fix a situation or to do anything that will have more weight and more power than Jesus' ability in that situation. It's, it continues, it says, you know, the birds don't sow and reap their own food. The lilies don't work for their beauty, yet they are always provided for. They don't concern themselves with anything other than being what they are doing. What they, they don't concern themselves with anything other than being and doing what they were created to do. 
And I think Jesus uses this comparison because he wants you to see that it's not about how much you worry. It's not about how much you stress. It's not about how well you handle a certain situation or maybe how poorly you handle a situation. It's not about that. What Jesus is saying is that whether you did something or whether you didn't do something, that his righteousness and that his grace is enough. And if that doesn't set some of you free from worry and anxiety, then I pray now that that word sinks in once again. What matters here, what Jesus is saying through this comparison to the birds and to the lilies is that what matters more than your achievements, what matters more than you stewarding a situation correctly is that you realize who you are in Christ and that you lock eyes with Jesus and lock eyes with your identity. And that identity is that we were created to be sons and daughters. Friends, this speaks to our value in Christ, that we were called to love Him, that we were called to worship Him with all of our hearts, our souls, our minds. We were created to see His kingdom come here on earth to rule and to reign. That is what the scripture tells us. The scripture doesn't tell us you were created to be the CEO of your company. You were created to have three children. You were created to have two cars and three houses and a beach house. That's not what the word of God is telling us. What this scripture speaks to is our value. And maybe some of us need to stop being distracted by worldly achievements and fix our eyes on kingdom value. That is the new perspective. That is the new way of thinking that Jesus is offering us in the scripture. Because friends, the enemy will hold your original purpose and your design hostage by keeping you focused on things that have no eternal value in the kingdom. The enemy is going to sneak in at night. He's going to sneak in in the morning when you wake up at five o'clock with anxiety. And he's going to say, who will protect you? He's going to say, who will really provide for you? The enemy is going to sow seeds of doubt to discredit the kingdom identity in your life. And so much of our worry, so much of our anxiety happens because we do not understand our kingdom value. Friends, you aren't worried about your job, your finances, your relationships, your families, because God is worried about them. You're worried about those things because the enemy is keeping you distracted. God's not worried about those things, so why are you worried about them? For some of us, worrying has become a crutch that takes away from prayer and devotion unto God, which should be our first response. The enemy has taken some of us out at the knees over the past year. We have become so proud and so addicted to this sense of constant worry, to this sense of constantly being on edge, not, not sure what's coming next. We've be it's become like a drug to so many of us. We're just, we're so intrigued by the uncertainty that's just hovering around us. And we think, well, it's just natural. I mean, everybody's going through it. And I want to tell you that we are in this world, but we are not of it. The enemy is trying to distract you. We need to ensure that daily our minds are being renewed with the mind of Christ so that we can focus on eternal kingdom values, on our identity in Jesus, rather than being distracted by things around us. You know, the title of this message is Uncomfortable with Uncertainty.
And I said, I, I think many of us are not comfortable with knowing the full picture. Some of us are not comfortable not being in control. And I can say that is, you know, something in my own life that I really pray for every single day. And it's a constant renewal. It's every day, Lord, I, I want to be in control because I know that I think I can do this on my own. And friends, after 30 years, I can tell you that's not the case. And I'm sure if you had to speak to anybody who's a couple of years your senior, they would tell you the same thing. And I do believe it reveals a deeper issue. This, this, un, this uncomfortable sense you know, that we have with uncertainty, I really do believe it reveals a deeper issue with trusting the one who is certain. The God who knows the end from the beginning, our creator. It's not about denying our, our worries or our fears. It's about bringing these thoughts to the Father. It's about, you know, Jesus saying, cast your burdens onto me because I care for you. 1 Corinthians 13 verse 9 tells us that the truth is that we see in part and we know in part. We don't see the full picture. There have been so many times in my life where I didn't understand something, you know, because I didn't see how it could play out in the short term. And then I understand once I get my breakthrough, once, you know, I see the bigger picture, I wouldn't have had it any other way. And I know that that's the same for many of you. But I also know that there's a flip side to this. And I know that some of you are overachievers, some of you insomnia addicts are saying, I hear you, Jessica, but you know, my worrying and my stress actually makes me more productive. And I hear you because I am that, I am owning up. <laughs> if you know, I just think of my dad, he's, uh, he's also a pastor, he's been pastoring now for 20 years, um, a local church in South Africa. And my dad does not sleep, friends. Um, he will often not sleep for days and days on end. And I remember I would wake up in the morning and you could see the bags under his eyes. And it would often be a case of, what are you dreaming up for the church? And he'd be like, oh, well, I'm thinking about doing this. His best ideas always came after nights and nights of insomnia and not being able to sleep and just dreaming with God. So I do get when some of you are saying that, you know, sometimes this, this sense of worry or stress actually makes you more focused. And definitely, we should be concerned with certain things, but we shouldn't be worried. We shouldn't be anxious. We shouldn't be stressed. Because concern does help us to be diligent and focused. And we know even Paul, it says here in 2 Corinthians 11 verse 28, Paul says, Apart from other things, there is the daily pressure on me of my anxious concern for all the churches. So even Paul, I mean, there was concern. He did have anxious thoughts, okay? It's, it's not a sin to be anxious or to worry about things. But we need to ensure that we're concerned with the right things. When What Paul was speaking over here is that he was concerned about the spiritual lives of the church, about the growth of the church. He wasn't concerned because he didn't know where his next meal was coming from or he didn't know if he should, you know, do his master's or if he should do his PhD or if, you know, he should travel to the Canary Islands this summer or if he should rather go to Greece. You know, it, it's laughable, but it's somewhat true, friends. So we need to be mindful that being set free from, the dis from distractions is a marker of our faith and our maturity in Christ. I love verse 32 where it says here that only 
believers concern themselves with these sorts of worries. That's sobering. In the scripture, not only has Jesus said, you have little faith, but he's compared our worry and anxiety to that of unbelievers. But he's saying that as you grow in maturity, as you learn to adjust your focus and your thinking and your mindset on him, as you grow in maturity, it's gonna get easier and it's gonna get easier and it's gonna get easier. So in closing, Philippians 4 verse 6 to 7, and this is from the message translation. It says, don't fret or worry. Instead of worrying, pray. Let petitions and praises shape your worries into prayers, letting God know your concerns. Before you know it, a sense of God's wholeness, everything coming together for good will come and settle you down. It's wonderful what happens when Christ displaces worry at the center of your life. I want to read that again. Before you know it, a sense of God's wholeness, everything coming together for good. How many of you are trusting for that today? Will come and settle you down. Isn't it wonderful what happens when Christ displaces worry at the center of your life? Isn't it a beautiful thing when we lock eyes with Jesus and we're no longer distracted by what the enemy is showing us on our right or showing us on our left? Isn't it a beautiful thing, friends, to know who holds our future? Isn't it good to know that we were created with certainty and with purpose? Isn't it wonderful to have Jesus as the Lord of our lives? That our lives aren't a game of chance where every decision we make can derail our futures. We just cut off that lie right now in the name of Jesus where some of you feel that you have made decisions out of worry or stress that have derailed your future. That is not what the Word of the Lord says and he says that he has a hope and a future for you what a relief to know that God's kingdom purposes for my life outweigh any worldly expectations I have for myself isn't it good to know that worrying won't change a thing but my prayers and my praise will because praying and praising God was what I was created to do and it's who I was created to be praying, praising, fixing my eyes on Jesus. It just brings me closer to my kingdom identity. It brings me closer to Jesus. And then I find that Jesus is once again in the center of my life. He's the center of my focus. And He's displaced any worry and any anxiety. Let's pray. Jesus, we want to thank you that you are at the center of our lives. We want to thank you that you don't just tell us to do things, but through the scripture, we can see that you have given us perspective change, that you have given us a new way of thinking by refocusing our eyes and keeping our eyes focused on you and kingdom value and kingdom, kingdom missions rather than worldly achievements. Jesus, I pray that all of us right now in the name of Jesus will be set free from any distraction, set free from any worry or any anxiety. Lord, we don't pray for these situations to be taken away from us, but Jesus, we pray that you would reveal your heart, your mind over these situations, that these things that are swirling above our, our heads would, would not consume us, but that we would keep our eyes focused on you 
Jesus, I just want to pray even right now for anybody who doesn't know you, Jesus. Anybody who's saying, this is the kind of Savior that I need. This is the kind of Redeemer that I need. Jesus, would you fill their hearts? Would you fill their minds? Would they experience your friendship right now? We bless you, Lord. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you that you hold our future. We thank you that you hold our families. We thank you that you hold our finances, that you hold our churches, that you hold our dreams. Jesus, we thank you. Jesus, that you're at the center of it all. And we fix our eyes on you once again, Jesus. We love you. In your name, amen.